You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe good morning good morning good morning everybody it is thursday august 3rd 2023 And I feel like amazing things are coming. Amazing things are going to be happening for all of us. Don't, don't ask me why. I just, I just feel it. I feel like my life has changed, even has turned over and changed and changed. Um, in the last week, came back from a mindfulness retreat, um, involving some psychedelics. I'm not going to lie. In fact, not only am I not going to lie, I'm, I'm going to tell you all about it. Not today though. Uh, today we're going to go back to our book, uh, I Dare You, and we're going to talk about the, the I Dare You to Build a Magnetic Personality. Yesterday I had the 8th or 9th, 9th, 8th, 8th, 8th um, Alpha Beta talk in um, as part of Alpha Collective's free preview and rollout. And I have to tell you, I'm not exaggerating, this was a like a million dollar value talk. Uh, Jessica Clifton works at Media Monks. It's a, a company owned by C4, which is a holding company uh, owned by Sir Martin Sorrell, um, formerly the chairman of WPP Group. Basically, a man that has been responsible for maybe $100 billion changing hands. So if we want to be responsible for the next billion dollars coming into Web3 or our creator space, <clears throat> this is the kind of person to have in our conversations. In the previous week, I had... Kusro Khaled from Deloitte. Now, um, yesterday was so good that I almost don't want to share it publicly. Now, all of these are free. They're, they're, uh, in fact, I just put the registration link for next week's, um, next week's Alpha Beta talk. Um, and um, it's interesting because the topic of this one is finding Web3's capture moment. Now, I wonder what you, how you interpret that. I'll tell you how I interpret that. You know, this is like COVID's QR code moment. Um, it, it's almost like a use case that might even be something so, um, like capture, for example, uh, capture isn't, it, it's not something that you would kind of like, Hey, I'm, I was the creator of capture. I was the inventor of capture. It's something that is so almost 
um, forgotten or overlooked or discarded or taken for granted. But I have a feeling, and I have not seen his presentation yet, um, that we're going to find out how instrumental this was in terms of mainstreaming and creating governance and and safety and security and and verification, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, when we're talking about identity, authenticity, authentication, verification, it's going to be a huge part of the Web3 um, mainstreaming, specifically, specifically if we are thinking about wanting to get the big brands in. Because when the big brands come in, they want certain guarantees. They need certain safety and security protocols. So just something to think about as well. Register. It's free for next week. Uh, also, Jensa, who uh, I don't know, uh, she may have just jumped over. She was in Discord. She may have jumped over here. But just to let her know, well, I mean, if she's not here, she's not going to know. Um, but I am two poeps behind. One of the things that I do is that I create a proof of attendance protocol, which is essentially an NFT. It's free. And anyone who attends uh, live or, um, or uh, watches within 24 hours gets one of these sent to them. You get to essentially mint it on the blockchain. Um, and every single one of these PO apps you will be able to use as an entry ticket to win a full membership pass, which sells currently at one ETH or $2,500. Um, they're only on 19. I, there might be less, but there were only 100 available at one ETH. The rest are available at $2,500 because we are looking to mainstream this and, and, and engage the brand community. So you have a chance to win. So basically, you know, Everything today, there is just when you heard there's no bait and switch, there really is no bait and switch. Um, everything today that you are getting from me or through um, Alpha Collective, I mean, my goal is for this community, it's a premium community, it's a professional organization, but it is exclusive and, and yet not excluding. Um, I am fiercely, fiercely focused on and committed to diversity, equity, inclusion, and access. Um, another day we'll, we'll talk about why, where the A came from, um, most people don't talk about it. Uh, maybe 95% of people don't talk about access. Um, I've learned about access from having many people on my show. I've had over 500 people on Joseph Jeff is not famous. And I've learned about the power of access. I used to talk about access, but not in a diversity perspective. I would talk about the two A's, uh, which I feel are the keys to customer engagement or influencing every, all kind of engagement, which is assets and access, right? If you have assets, that's one thing, but if you don't give people access to those assets. So access is a very important word that we need to think about. Um, <clears throat> and I, I think that's all I really want to uh, talk about right now. I want to get straight into the book. Just say hello to Tim and Praxim, Melissa, uh, Miss Evely, um, Christopher, who are in our Discord. This morning, kind of an interesting hap thing happened. I just happened to start the Discord three or four or five minutes early, and there were already three or four people, three people, I think, in and I was like, you know what, this is kind of a cool thing, which is what I'm going to start to do is maybe five minutes before um, I start on Clubhouse, I'll open it up in Discord. So it's just an opportunity to just hang out informally before, <clears throat> you know, I hit the record button. So I like those kinds of things. Sometimes you do things inadvertent, inadvertently, inadvertently or by accident. Sometimes necessity is the mother of invention and you're like, huh. Hey, this is interesting. This actually works. Let's do this again. Let's try this again next time. Okay, so we're going to get into the book. Um, we are going to be reading from page 65 to 81. This book has been just incredible. I also found another book, an insane book. It's almost like like I found, like I found the Ark of the Covenant. Um, maybe that's a little bit of an oversell, uh, just slightly. Um, but while I was at this retreat, someone gave me a book, um, and this book has just been also life-changing. I might actually, it's a, it's a book that literally I could read in under an hour. Um, it's just like a series of conversations, but it's about the things like the meaning of life and, and, and parenting and anger. And I, I was just like, um, just, just, just changed, you know, changed by, by these incredible perspectives. So I'm going to continue bringing what I think are unique perspectives and insights. We're going to continue to dial into HPO, hope, positivity, optimism. We're going to make sure that everyone here is lifted up. You know, so how do we, how do we determine success? We have to look at the person at the bottom um, and, and help them. And if we can help them, then everyone else by definition gets helped too. So page 64. Um, and then, oh, and one more thing as I sip on my coffee, 
Um, at about eight forty-five, provided that we haven't fin- you know that w- if we haven't finished the chapter, I'll finish it. Um, but if anyone wants to come up and join, you're very welcome. In fact, I would love it. All right, I dare you to develop a magnetic personality. I want you to think about in the chat right now, just before I begin, what is a magnetic personality? If you want to and you want to play along, I haven't done this myself. I wish I would have. Um, type type into the chat or whether you're in the um, in the cafe chat and Discord or the chat chat, what do you think is a magnetic personality before you even heard anything in the book? What does it mean to have a magnetic personality? And I'll read some of them and I'll put all of these verbatims actually into my LinkedIn article um, when I publish it um, uh, later, maybe even put it in the form of tweets, etc. So a little incentive for you to... Um, to um, contribute. And of course, if you are sitting in Clubhouse, it would be amazing if you share this room. All right, let's do it. If you were applying to us for a position in our business, I would I would first ask the doctor to report on your physical condition. I would want to be make I would want to be sure that you were well and that ha- and that you had stamina and strength to finish any program you would start. Then I would have the personnel department check your mental capacity and background. After being satisfied that you're physically and mentally fit, do you think that is all I would want to know about you? Uh, by the way, this would probably exclude about 92% of us, but let's, let's see. Um, not by long odds. I want to see you and talk to you, but why? Isn't all the information we need to know on these reports? No, there is something more I must know, something that can't easily be put down on paper. You walk into my office, I may notice the cut of your clothes, the way you comb your hair, your shoes, your nails, any stains on your fingers. We always give each other the once over, don't we? Uh, But the big thing is, have you got that something called personality? It may be akin to that it, which I used to hear our young people talk about. I'm looking for that indescribable quality which attracts people to you. If you give me a flabby handshake, if you have a grouchy look with the concerns of your mouth turned down, we don't want you around. Faces that smile, voices that ring, steps that are firm, interests that are broad, likable personalities. These are the things that attract business and the whole world too, for that matter. Obstacles just melt away before the sunshine of a smile. Such leaders with the ability to make friends can dare twice as much as the lone wolf. But... What is personality? What is this personality? Is it that something born in some people and not in others? Can it be developed? Of course it can. Undoubtedly, some people are blessed with a great with a greater capacity for the social side than others. By the way, he spelled blessed B L E S T. That's interesting. Uh, it must. Have, I mean, remember the book was written in 1931, so um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, undoubtedly, some people are blessed with a greater capacity for the social side than others. Today, I guess we would call that, this is me talking, Joe, uh, you know, introvert, are you an introvert, are you an extrovert, etc. Back to the book. Because Bill has more personality than I have doesn't mean that I shouldn't develop mine. Many a country boy has joined our sales force and been almost too timid to interview prospective consumers. Uh, But I've seen these same boys in a few years so develop and broaden their personalities that they now stand on a platform before hundreds of people and speak with confidence, poise, and power. These boys attract their audiences not by memorizing their speeches, but by finding out a community's needs and with the fervor of an evangelist supplying those needs. Service is a much overused word, but the development of real service is the enlargement of personality. Okay, that is a money quote right there. Because people say, how may I be of service? Uh, I am in service of. How am I, you know, there, there is intention and then there is service, right? My intention is to do X, but ultimately that is in service of something as well. So when you're in service of, there is this idea of an outcome. It's not what I want to do, but it's what I want to achieve. It's what ultimately that outcome can look like. Um, I am... I'm all over this at the moment. There are a couple of things running through my mind at the moment. One is um, I've started to notice a very weird thing comically and energetically, which is a lot of things are happening or converging at the same time. When when I was at this retreat, um, 
we a number of times spoke about coincidences. There are no coincidences, okay? I want to just say that. I want to state that right now. There are no coincidences. When two things happen rem- at, at reasonably the same time, it is, it is divine. There is a reason. I mean, I, I can give you so many examples. I, I was telling the story to someone, talking to them about coincidences, about, you know, the. I mean, we've all heard the story about the man and the flood and praying to God and, and the boat comes and then and the pickup truck and then the boat and then the helicopter comes. Um, and if you don't know the story, it, it's in my new book and, and I won't spoil it. But within five minutes of finishing that story, we all kind of uh, regrouped and we started talking and and the person who was facilitating said, you know, there's a story about a man and a flood. And I just looked at this guy next to me and I was like, you see? I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Another was um, the the legend of Sisyphus or the myth of Sisyphus. The, there's a book called The Myth of Sisyphus. Within Within six days, I'd heard of this story three times. Now, it's possible I heard that story 30 times before. But was I paying attention? Was I aware? Was my awareness heightened and so suddenly now the story of rolling up the boulder up the hill and every day having to repeat that suddenly has become an integral part of my conversation my uh, consciousness at the moment so there are some very interesting things happening you know one of the things that happened was uh, and and I'll talk about it on Wednesday actually in the collective cafe um, was someone basically spoke about me and they said you know he has a certain uh, Jonas to him, as in J-O-E-N-E-S-S, Jonas, not Jonas, as in the Jonas Brothers. And they were like, and you know, the thing is, we all have a little bit of Jonas in us. And I was like, this thing was just like so powerful. And I'll tell you the context of how it came about, so you don't think I'm like being egotistical, or narcissistic or anything. Um, but, but you know, I think we all have a bit of Jonas in us, but we all, all have a bit of you know, demeginess in us and Ricardo-ness and Fatima-ness and Osama-ness and, and Lynch-ness and Praxim-ness and Melissa-ness and Elvi and Evli-ness and uh, C2M-ness in us. Um, so all of this is like coming back to this idea, you know, of um, even the concept of the last couple days, two days this week, two days last week, where I wasn't here to actually run the collective cafe. Um, and... Um, you know, and Product Avenger stepped in and a few other people, Christopher C2M, who's here in Discord, stepped in. This is what I want. This is what I want, not for me, but for all of you. Anyone who feels that they are a country boy, again, remember this was written in 1931, anyone here who just, who thinks of themselves as a country boy, too timid uh, to interview pers- uh, prospective consumers, maybe this becomes the platform, Clubhouse, Discord, Alpha Collective, whatever, where you actually become comfortable standing on a platform before hundreds of people, speaking with confidence, poise, and power. The best way to get there is to actually get comfortable and do it in a safe space and realize you have it in you. You've always had it in you. We all have it in us. The last thing I'll say is you'll notice I changed my clubhouse icon uh, to I I, bo- I barbified myself. or um, So you have to type... B-A-I, as in A-I, R-B-I-E. So it's Barbie, but this time with the word A-I, and dot me. And so I kind of barbified myself to look like a Ken doll. It's just fun, right? And, um, you know, a good friend of mine, David Omano, was like, you know, this is the problem with life. And, you know, he kind of wrote a LinkedIn article and he was like kind of, you know, it's the narcissism and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, Okay, David, but sometimes it's okay to have a little bit of fun. It's okay to be a little bit frivolous and superficial. It's okay to want to turn. I mean, this to me brings me back to my youth, right? You know, GI Joe and 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 kind of like these action figures. I mean, generally when I was growing up, it was action figures for boys and dolls, right? Barbies for girls. Um, it was very much kind of gen, you know, gender specific. Um, but sometimes I actually looked and I said, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of like this look of me. I think I'm going to grow my hair like this, and I think I'm going to actually start wearing this this fashion look. I'm not even jo- I swear I'm not even joking. Um, sometimes it's okay to actually realize that we have a little bit of Ken and Barbie in, in all of us, and I have not seen the movie, and I probably will go see the movie 
um, because why not? Everyone else is. But let's get back to the book. I won't finish it the way I'm going. Um, I've just got verbal diarrhea a bit today. So, uh, but what am I? But what am I to do in the social side? You ask. Shall I be a social lion? Not exactly. Perhaps your particular dare is not to be a social lion. If dancing, bridge, and clubs take more than their share of time, bridge is a game of cards, uh, from the other three sides of your checker, I dare you to give them their proper place. Perhaps here is an idea that will help you develop that magnetic personality so essential to the complete life. In the daily paper you read of some great man who has passed on, who will dare to fill his shoes? Think of all the friends he has left behind, his influence in business and education. He has been an uplifting power in the community. Paying his bills and fulfilling his lawful obligations have been the smallest parts of his life. What was his personality? What particular things about him inspired his associates and drew people to him? Having discovered what the world has lost through the absence of this personality, why not dare to put it back into the living again? Live as that man lived. Think as he would think. Try to fill his place. As a young man, I met John Wanamaker. His fine ideals and business ability deeply impressed me. Later, when a problem came up that needed sound judgment, I would say, how would John Wanamaker decide? This program of trying to fill the shoes of a great man who has gone on may stagger you. You haven't the stuff in you to give, but you have something. Make a start. Give what you have. Every little bit that you give increases your personality by much more than you give. Just a few little interesting tidbits. Of course, John Wanamaker, retailing pioneer around the turn of the um, um, you know, 19th, I guess the going from 1900, whatever that is. Was that the 20th century or the 21st? I don't know. Um, but um, John Wanamaker is famous for saying, Half my advertising is wasted. The problem, the problem is I don't know which half. Um, it also makes me think of, you know, I say sometimes WWCD, what would Carson do? What would Johnny Carson do if he was starting a talk show today? Sometimes I think about that. But the most famous one is WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? Um, so I think we've built this into our, you know, obviously depending on what religion we are. But, but you know, in this case, maybe the idea is is find someone that, that has always inspired and impressed you, if you, especially if you've studied them, someone who's no longer here, and WW them and be able to kind of, you know, uh, at least use part of their inspiration in your day-to-day. So I think that's kind of a, a cool idea. Personality is a vague, intangible thing to talk about on paper, but how real, how tremendous it is in life all around us. I like the way Miss Helen Gill Lovett described personality. During her active teaching years, she was on our American Youth Foundation summer camp staff and used the different sources of water at the camps to illustrate four different kinds of personality. The first is like a mountain stream at the New Hampshire camp. It sings as it tumbles down the hills into the lake and wherever we touch it there is a, fresh, is a supply of fresh, pure water. Some personalities are like that. Whether you meet them on the mountaintop or down at the lake, They're always sparkling, always singing. Their presence chases gloom and inspires us to go joyfully along with them. Where they lead, all follow. When they smile, all smile. And they are always ready to stimulate us and quench our thirst by sharing with us all they have. P.G. Orwig, the longtime director of the American Youth Foundation, is a mountain stream personality. His Indian name is is Wadjepi, the nimble one. If you meet him in camp or on a duck hunt or on the street or in his home, I dare you to go away depressed. What Jeppy gives everybody he meets a refreshing smile, an infectious laugh, a mental pat on the back. He wasn't born with all this capacity. He developed it by giving it away. When he sees someone with the blues, he turns on the sunshine. I like to be around what Jeppy. Down by the lake into which the mountain stream tumbles is a spring. It illustrates the second kind of personality. It is more quiet than the singing mountain stream, but from its bubbling depths comes the coldest, most refreshing drink. The depth and strength of many quiet lives are a joy and blessing when shared with others. Dad, wait! former associate director with P.G. Orwig in the American Youth Foundation, 
is the deep spring personality. He is the, he is a comforter, a help a helper. Dad expresses his personality because to thousands he is a father, sympathetic, helpful, and understanding. In the Michigan camp, there was an old pump that squeaked and groaned terribly when it worked. But if you had patience and endurance enough to keep pumping, it brought up pure cold water from a deep well. A few years ago, I was eating breakfast on a French diner on the way to Marseille, where I was to take sail for India. An Englishman came in and sat opposite me. He ordered tea. He was plainly unsociable. The French waiters were slow bringing his tea, and his ire kept rising. Finally, they brought him a cup of coffee. He drank it without sugar or cream, growling all the time that he had ordered tea. They brought him a second cup of coffee. By that time, he was ready to explode, but he drank it and proceeded to tell all French waiters what would happen if he did not get his tea. If I had left the diner at that time, I would have gone away with the conviction that he was a very disagreeable person. But fortunately, his tea arrived, and with it, his good humor. He introduced himself to me, discovered we were to be on the same boat going to India, and later on was the means of making scores of contacts for me in the Far East that were unexpected and by far the most interesting part of my visit there. More than that, we struck up a lasting friendship, and I've discovered him to be one of the most interesting personalities I know. Don't always judge a pump by the squeaks it makes, nor a chance acquaintance. Keep on drawing out to find the deeper treasure of rich personality down the well. And vice versa, remember that to be cranky and ill-tempered may be overshadowing your good qualities to such an extent that you are driving friends away from you. The job of your personality is to attract, not to repel. Close beside the pump site is a memorial fountain. Built of boulders, strong and imposing, it makes a striking appearance. It is connected to an abundant water supply, and through it, four bubbling fountains bring cold water to the thirsty. But this past summer, there was a new patent connection with the sources of supply, and this connection got out of order. The fountain above was beautiful. The the water below was pure and bountiful, but just a little something wrong in the fountain was of no practical use. Personality is an elusive thing. Good looks, good habits, good education, fine family, magnificent supply of the best of life to draw from, and yet something lacking in the connections. I know a girl like that fountain. She had so much to give but never gave. At present, she is a woman soured on life, blaming everybody but herself for her melancholy. In reality, it is her own selfishness to blame. She allowed her personality to get out of order, and she never fixed it. If you are as I am you, uh, wait, if you are as I am, you will want a few rules that you can get your teeth into. All of this talk about personality is all right, I can hear you saying, but what can I do specifically to develop my personality? The only way I can answer this is from my own practical experience. The first thing that I would do to develop my social side would be to make worthwhile contacts. When I was a young man, Henry M. Flagler's name was on every tongue. He was a treasurer of the Standard Oil Company and a close associate of John D. Rockefeller. Mr. Flagler poured his riches into Florida, building the East Coast Railroad across the Florida Keys and also a chain of hotels. At one time I was in Palm Beach, and when he was just completing a marble palace for his home, I I determined to meet Mr. Flagler. I felt that the inspiration of such a successful man would have a stimulating effect on my whole life. It was easy for me to meet people on my own level, but how was I ever going to meet such a big man as Mr. Flagler? If I didn't meet people who thought bigger, acted bigger, and were bigger, much bigger than myself, I argued, how could I ever grow bigger? Here I was in the same town with a man who had become one of the most outstanding successes in America. I had no pull, no introductions, but... Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. So I wrote him a frank note telling him that I was a young man full of ambition, just starting in business, and that I had a great desire to meet him. To my immense surprise, an answer came back inviting me to his home. I feel embarrassed even now to think how long I stayed. That day is a highlight in my memory. He showed me his home. I never was in such fairyland before, never knew such splendor existed 
We walked around his beautiful gardens. He told me of Mr. Rockefeller and those early beginnings with mountainous obstacles. My mind was full to saturation. At one time, I remember stopping short and saying, Mr. Flagler, this is such a great privilege to me. Your experiences thrill me. I'm afraid I will forget some of the rules of your life. Do you mind if I even write them down in my notebook? Even then, I had a little book with me and had started the habit of making notes. Certainly not, said Mr. Flagler. Then I wrote, great responsibility, great accountability, and page after page of his rules of life. I feel a glow even now as I think over that rare interview. So obviously he said, do you mind if I write them? And he said, certainly not, like I don't mind. Um, I have a lot of thoughts in my mind right now, and I want to share some of them with you. On a personal note, you know, one of the people that I've really wanted to meet lately is Stephen Bartlett, who is behind Diary of a CEO. Uh, I've written him a few times, and um, one time I got a response from his team, kind of apologizing and thanking and saying, well, we're very busy and maybe not and not at the moment, and we're very flattered and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm going to keep writing him. Every single week I'm going to keep writing him, and I'm not going to give up, and I'm going to continue to increase my determination, but I'm going to do it with kindness and love. Uh, I'm not going to do it uh, in a negative way. I'm not going to do it to shame him. I'm not going to do it to call him out. My guess, my gut would be that he is not even aware of me or my letter or my email or even just reaching out, that he he has all these handlers. I think one of the most, I think one of the worst things in our lives at the moment when we actually become of certain notoriety or visibility is that we end up with handlers whose job it is, it actually is their job to to sort the riff from the raft, but to separate people like me from people like him. But there's something so magical and so important that's getting lost in translation. And I challenge, challenge um, everyone around me. I will, I don't need this challenge because that that is the essence behind Joseph Jaffe is not famous to give access to as many people to me as possible, to make sure that I'm never unavailable, that there are never handlers that cannot get in front of me or cannot, or, or, or that will prevent people that are passionate, that, that almost feel like it is a calling in their life to meet that person. I'm not asking to be invited to Stephen's home. I'm not asking to work with him. I'm not asking for him to be on my show. I'm not even asking for me, uh, for, for me to be on his show, him to be on my show. Um, but it's a contact I want to make, and it's a contact that I think could, that could have a lasting impact on on my life, on his life, on the world. And so I'm determined to continue. But I know, you know, with someone who is, you know, semi-famous, not famous, but really not famous, but not famous, um, that that what happens is when you grow, what happens is you lose. It is Dunbar's law. You do lose something. It's inevitable that you lose it. What you lose is the fact that you end up with, um, when you once ended up with one DM, you now end up with 100 a day or 1,000 a day or 10,000 a day, and you just can't keep up. It is not humanly possible. So how do you do it? Well, the answer is you must do it. You have to do it. Even if you have someone whose sole job it is, whose role it is, just to go through your DMs and your emails um, and anyone uh, making sure that nobody falls through the cracks, it's absolutely vital that, that you can bubble up and figure out a way for people to have access to you. That's why this is so important. That's why the Collective Cafe is so important and Discord is so important, that people that shouldn't ever come to a point where where I do grow beyond where I am right now, and whether I do or not, I don't. it's not important to me. But it's important that every one of you that's here today can call me out if necessary, saying, I remember... August 3rd, 8.33 a.m., when you said that you would always find a way to be available, and when I reached out to you, you were no longer available, I ended up now be getting a an autoresponder or a handler responding to me going, that's, that's, uh, we appreciate your passion and your, and, uh, and how, and, and your determination, but Joseph's very busy. That can never happen. It can never happen in your life, in your personal life. It should not happen to you as a parent. It should not happen to you as a child. It should not happen to you as as a spouse. It should not happen to you as a friend. It should not happen to you as a media personality, as a personal brand, uh, or uh, as a professional brand. It should never happen. It can never, ever happen. Um, This is what I'm kind of 
connecting with and taking away here, even in this little story um, and an anecdote. Of course, the four personalities is also gold, and it's something we should perhaps talk about. But we're on page 71, and we have to get, where do we have to get to? We have to get to uh, 81. We'll get there, and then see if anyone wants to come up. And I know at a minimum that um, that Praxim has indicated his definition of magnetic personality um, and uh, we'll see uh, if anybody um, in Clubhouse wants to have de- t- told us or determined what magnetic personality is. So let's continue. Um, the, day, the day after I met Mr. Flagler, it was impossible for me to act on the same plane as I had acted the day before. So he was changed. Incidentally, that taught me a very vivid lesson. A man who has made a success has a responsibility to those who are striving to make a success. Let me repeat that again. A man who has made a success has a responsibility to those who are striving to make a success. This is exactly the point I just made without even realize, without realizing what I was about to read. Um, this is me obviously talking. I would like to believe also that the time he gave me in recalling memories helped him to pass along the finer things for which his life stood. Exactly. Leave behind a legacy. That day with Mr. Flagler was a turning point in my life. That chance meeting with the man in the French dining car made my trip to India a rare experience instead of just an ordinary tour. I try to learn something from every great personality with whom I come into contact. If I don't learn something from him, I am to blame, and I have wasted the time of the greater personality. For instance, after meeting uh, Azara S. Davis, formerly of the Chicago Theological Seminary, I said to myself, what is that rich, inspiring something in that man's personality? How can I acquire it so I can inspire others as he has trained, as he has me? From Sherwood Eddy, I've always tried to capture that urge which sends him around the world for a cause. That's something more which stirs men to high achievement. When I met Charles R. Brown, I tried to absorb some of his magnetic spark so that I too might quicken the souls of men around me. And from Dr. Joel E. Goldthwaite, I try to catch his secret of inspiring men and women to take proper care of their physical selves so as to live gloriously. Yes, I found it pays to come into contact with great men, but it pays more to try to emulate them. This is an important point that I just want to make here. What he's, what he's saying and what I'm reading here is that there's, there's something very powerful. Every time you do come into contact with someone that you believe is great or can teach you, make sure that you actually learn from them and you take something with them. You know, it's one thing for them to give of themselves to you, but it's another thing if you don't actually then take the ball and run with it and try and build that in to your life, into your day to day, and 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 you know this concept again of what would you know Wanamaker do and continue that that legacy or continue you know because remember uh, one one more point I'll say and then I'll continue. It's very possible as well that some of that they themselves got from the person that came before them. You know they didn't just get born with like kind of a blank slate and you know absolutely no influence in their life. Of course they had influence from their parents, from you know their community, from their their family, their friends, their their work environments, and famous people or influential people or people with magnetic personalities around them. I read in the New York Journal a fable which illustrates one of the best personality rules which I could give you to develop contacts of all kinds. The north wind and the sun disputed which was the most powerful and agreed that he should be declared the victor who could first strip away, uh, who could, who could first strip a wayfaring man of his clothes. Um, I know this one. This is a great one. The north wind first tried his power and blew with all his might, but the keener became his blasts, the closer the traveler wrapped his cloak around him till at last resigning all hope of victory, he called upon the sun to see what he could do. The sun suddenly shone out with all his warmth. The traveler no sooner felt his genial rays than he took off one garment after another, and at last, fairly overcome with heat, undressed and bathed in a stream that lay in his path. Persuasion is better than force. Persuasion is better than force. A bit of a softer cell. I wonder if you've heard that before. I haven't heard that uh, that story in in absolute years. I even got goosebumps now. Uh, but it is so true, right? 
Um, I dare you to develop that magnetic personality that will lead and inspire others. You can have that personality if you have a great enough desire. You can become a pretty mu- you can become pretty much what you want to be. Can you imagine a young man with a sincere and earnest desire to make friends ever turning out a grouch? If a young woman really desires to be an interesting conversationalist, she will become one. When I was a young man, I saw the advertisement of a book guaranteeing to develop personal magnetism. It cost me $3, and I didn't have any $3 to squander. The book said, when you enter a room, everyone will say, look, there he comes. I hadn't read very many pages until I realized that personality is developed from within and that a book only gives you suggestions to work out for yourself. I did get one or two valuable helps which have stayed with me and which I'm going to pass on to you. Always walk on the sunny side of the street. The warmth and power of the sun enter your system. Its rays give your face a glow and you reflect sunshine to others. With that conscious thought in my mind, I still walk on the sunny side of the street. Then again, when you wash, put your head down in the basin and always wash your face up, not down. Wash the corners of your mouth up into a smile and not down into a grouch. Of course, personality depends on more than such superficial things. But the big thought I got out of it was, if the desire to be sunny and smiling and interesting was strong enough, then every action such as walking and washing influenced our personality. What are the ways to develop personality? They are simple things and easily overlooked. But they are very vital in the building of the side of a complete life. In looking back over the men of great personality I've known and do know, there are certain common characteristics they all have. For instance, Mr. Flagler had a broad sympathy. He was able to put himself in my shoes. He was able to understand a young man, ambitious, wanting to get ahead. That taught me a lesson. That in developing personality, one must develop broad sympathies toward everyone, no matter from what station in life he comes. Another thing I noticed in great personalities with whom I have come into contact is that they always developed a characteristic of leadership. Not only in big things, but in little things. For instance, I've noticed that if if I meet a really big man and walk only a few blocks with him, He gives me something stimulating to think about. It may be one of his own problems or one of my problems or the question of how to help put over the community fund this year or next month's business problem or church problem or any kind of problem, but he has led my mind and me into a new realm. It's a pretty good rule to remember that every time we come into contact with another person, even though just walking a block, our job is to lead him to a higher plane than that one on which we found him, and obviously vice versa. I mean, to me, that says many things, right? It says uh, says every moment should never be a wasted moment. Every interaction, every potential uh, should be realized. Of course, it's not just one way, right? They, If they're thinking the same about you and you're thinking the same about them, how can you not actually end up in a better place? This is the attitude that I've brought to the Collective Cafe, which is every day, every session, we should leave better off than when we came into the session, even if we just learned one thing. He also says something subtle that I pick up there, which is in this book that cost him a whole $3, which I assume cost a lot or meant a lot um, back then. You don't have to come in and say, I got 7,000 insights from the Collective Cafe this morning. I got 500 uh, takeaways from I Dare You. You just need one. You just need one that can actually impact you to the point where it changes your life, where it can begin or accelerate or amplify or even uh, help you kind of conclude uh, a personal transformation or a transformation for someone else. Stop being so greedy. You know, our eyes are bigger than our stomachs. Why are we always looking for quantity over quality when it comes to insights, connection, meaning, purpose, etc.? That's what I take away as well. All right, back to the book. We have six pages, and then it'll be interesting to see um, if someone comes up and joins, uh, either in Discord or a Clubhouse. The other day, a young friend of mine called and congratulated me on my wedding anniversary. When he went out of his way to do this little courtesy, it reminded me of another quality which great personalities have, that of thoughtfulness. 
Incidentally, this young man is rapidly developing a fine personality. I reflected that this quality of thoughtfulness for others was one of the reasons why we cannot go on a glorious crusade and forget the personal the fellow crusader who is marching at our elbows. We cannot develop personality if we entirely ignore the man at the desk across from us. In thinking of the big things of life, don't overlook the little things because the quality of thoughtfulness is mainly concerned with little things. I've always found a notebook has been my best help to develop this trait of thoughtfulness. Record birthdays, anniversaries, children's names, interesting events. When you make a new contact, it doesn't take long to write a note showing that you appreciated it. It isn't any gift you send. It's the thought that goes with it that endears you to others. I mean, I was about to read now. (laughs) It's the thought that counts. It's the small stuff. You know, you should sweat the small stuff. Um, that's maybe the name um, of um, of this um, of today's session. S- sweat the small stuff, but obviously not the petty stuff. But actually paying attention to detail. Having an, I'm telling you, if you are starting out in your career, and even if you are, you know, what you might think is in the autumn or fall or twilight of your career, just this paragraph that I read can change your life. I'm telling you this now. I need to do it. We all need to do it. The concept of having a notebook with us at all times or using voice notes, never letting ideas go to waste or insights or inspiration. They are all around us all the time, every single moment of every interaction of every day. But if we are not, um, it's not just being open to it. It's being able to capture it because if you don't capture it, (laughs) this is not the cap, this is the capture moment of personality. You have to capture these moments um, and other things like thoughtfulness and empathy, um, these are not lost on me because we talk a lot about it. But to actually bring it in and, and, and um, capture this or have it kind of live under the umbrella of personality is very, very interesting uh, to me. Um, so, like, you know, like a, a note and even a handwritten note, it's just not something we see uh, much any day. Um, thoughtfulness is a giving of yourself. It's easy to pick up a telephone and wish your associate in business Godspeed on the journey he is undertaking. That doesn't take much of your time, but how it increases the zest with which he undertakes that journey, uh, oh, journey. So, sorry, let me read that again. Um, That doesn't take much of your time, but how it increases the zest with with which he undertakes that journey. You only have to leave for the office five minutes earlier to drop by the hospital to see that acquaintance who is ill. 10 minutes tonight before you eat your dinner, spent in writing a long hand note to your very gracious host of the other night, will cement a friendship that will mean much to you and to the host. A millionaire in money is nothing compared to being a millionaire in friends, and everyone can be this, provided you keep these friends when you make them. And thoughtfulness in little things is the best way I know how to keep them. There are many more qualities which one can use to develop personality. These are just some of the outstanding ones. You yourself must have learned the things that build up the social side of your life. There is one other, however, before we close this chapter, which I believe will prove very valuable in your life. That is to treat everybody alike, no matter from what station in life he comes. Be your own self with all people, whether they be prince or pauper. That may sound like a bromide, but look around you at the people you know. Unfortunately, there are many people in the world so constituted that they are always licking the boots of those over them and lording it over those under them. That's a sure way to destroy personality. On the other hand, really great men and women are those who are natural, frank, and honest with everyone with whom they come into contact. For a long time, I've been going to the Gulf Coast each winter to shoot ducks. In the blinds, you spend a lot of time thinking and waiting. Often, I find myself wondering what it is in the fall that starts these wild ducks and other migratory birds on their long journey from the Hudson Bay in the Northland, clear down to the Gulf Coast and even farther. And then in the spring, what starts them back north again? Is it some inner urge that whispers timidly at first as the leaves begin to turn? And then does it grow and grow with the wintry blasts into an overwhelming obsession until it governs every action of the bird and finally sends it on its long migration across the continent? Or 
Is it only in the restless breast of the leader that the urge to go becomes an all-consuming one? Is he the one that persuades the others that now is the time to get up and go? At any rate, something happens to all duckland. Something so urgent and so irresistible that not a single duck can disregard it. Old ducks, young ducks, weak ducks, strong ducks. They all go and fly as far as they have strength toward their destination because of some daring urge within them. That's the kind of urge you must possess. Something so overwhelming that you can't resist it. A magnificent obsession that wakes you in the morning with a desire to serve that cannot be put aside. Something that sends you into any group, not with the thought, what, what can I get out of them, but rather, what can I give them? It is this social side of life where our principle where our principle that valuable possessions when shared multiply becomes doubly effective. Here, truly, the more you give, the more you're capable of giving. I dare you to develop the fine art of finding, making, and keeping friends by genuinely giving of your time and personality to others. Look for the best in people. Learn to like people. Find out what they're interested in. Select five new people this month Show yourself friendly to each one by giving him some particular little courtesy. Then watch what happens. At the end of the month, you have five new friends and inside a deeper capacity for friendship and a richer personality. I wonder actually today, how many people here, how many people that are listening on Discord or in Clubhouse would take up that day, would actually say, I'm going to make five friends within the month. By the end of August 2023, I will have made five new friends. I will have extended those courtesies. I will have done an act of kindness. I will have established some kind of rapport or relationship. Seriously, I want you to put it in the chat if you would do that, um, if you would take up this, this challenge. You can be bigger socially than you've ever been in your life. That's sure. In the social realm, results are immediately evident because every day you are reacting on others. You can't grow socially unless you help others grow also. My social dares are so simple, right down to earth. I dare you, winning smile, to replace old man grouch. I dare you, Mr. Snapping Turtle, to depart to another climate. I dare you, flabby fingers, to develop into a warm hand clasp. I dare you, my own personality, to become a welcome guest everywhere. I dare you, my social self, to generate that magnetic spark which leads to a charmed life. To accomplish these dares and possess and possess that intangible something which attracts people, I would suggest definite consideration of the following questions, which should be written down on a sheet of paper and stuck in your mirror. When you have answers that show definite progress, add those to the sheet. Question 1. Am I a greater or lesser factor in my community than I was a year or two years ago? And then on the other side, it says, what is my program? Number two, was there ever a time in my life when I was contributing more to the welfare of others than I am now? And then on the right side, what are my aggressive plans? Number three, is the level of my friendship up from a, from a year ago or down? Number three, on the right hand side, how to make more and better, how to make more and better friends plans. Number four, are jealousy, grouchiness, bad temper, or any other social handicaps increasing or decreasing in my life? Number four on the right says my plans for stamping them out. Number five, is it possible to picture any other environment under which I would increase my accomplishments? And then on the right, what is this improved environment? Number six, what's my big social dare? On the right, what shall it be? daringly done? When shall it be daringly done? And finally, and this concludes our chapter, dare I dare to become like some great outstanding personality? Dare I dare to become like some great outstanding personality? And on the number seven on the right, it says progress. That is the chapter. Let me very briefly, and if anyone wants to raise their hands or come up, um, you can do that. Um, number one, this is for me. Am I a greater or lesser factor in my community than I was a year or two years ago? I'd like to believe. Maybe you all can answer that for me. Um, let me bring Praxim up. Hey, Praxim, let me, uh, let me invite, let me put you on the spot. Why don't you answer that for me? You're answering it for Joe. 
am I, Joseph Jaffe, a greater or lesser factor in my community than I was a year or two years ago? Uh, definitely greater. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, just your watching your growth in the community growth is inspiring. And and I am I am growing through all of you too. Number two. Was there ever a time, some of them obviously you may not be able to answer, was there ever a time in my life when I was contributing more to the welfare of others than I am now? Um, I have never, ever given as much of myself, my time, my uh, without anything back in return. So that answer is no. Um, is the level of my friendship up from a year ago or down? You know, I would say, I would say that um, with everyone that is here, certainly regulars, that would be up. I can answer that for myself. Uh, but certainly when I think about some of my best friends in life, I've maybe neglected them. Um, and, and what I typically do is I turn inward when I'm going through tough times and challenging times. I don't want to be a burden on people. And so what I do sometimes is I, I kind of retreat into my shell instead of doing the opposite thing, um, which is reaching out to them and more importantly, asking them if they're okay. It's not just about me. Um, so there's definitely a to-do there. Uh, are jealousy, grouchiness, bad tempo, any other social handicaps increasing or decreasing in my life? Um, I'm definitely, definitely, they're all decreasing radically. Is it possible to picture any other environment under which I would increase my accomplishments? I can't imagine that I could do more, and yet you can always do more. Uh, what's my big social dare? Well, my big social dare continues um, to to build, um, to build without fear, um, to build um, these projects that are um, exclusive in some cases, but not excluding. Um, that can allow me to continue to dream, and and you know, and even with people dissuading me or perhaps telling me um, to give up, to continue to do that, so I can um, affect as many people as possible in this entire world with hope, positivity, and optimism. It is a big social dare, and there are big social elements to it, including but not limited to forever change, giving readers royalties. And finally, dare I dare to become like some great outstanding personality? Always, um, because we can always, I mean, if, if I learned anything from this chapter, it's to find those lights in life. Um, and Stephen Bartlett, um, you're, you're it at the moment, so uh, I'm not going away. Um, and um, I hope there will be a beautiful outcome to this. And I hope the outcome will be, hey, I would have done this sooner, but I didn't even know. Um, turns out my handler's, um, had the best intentions and meant well. Um, but you do know I do get like a thousand of these requests every day. Well, my friend, I'm not just talking to Stephen, I'm talking to all of you. We got to figure out how to scale that intimacy, that authenticity, that personality, that thoughtfulness. Um, we cannot allow it. We cannot allow human beings and lives and connections to fall by the wayside and slip through the cracks. But let me stop there. Um, Praxim, um, over to you and and the wonderful Neda product avenger who took the reins over the last few days. I do want to read what what Praxim wrote at the beginning. Um, he said, "Magnetic personality." I really think there are a couple key aspects, such as sincerity, someone who listens more than talks. They use their skill and knowledge of the humanity to be accepting and full in emptiness that you as the receiver need. I exclude charisma because charisma can be fleeting, but magnetic personalities have a certain je ne sais quoi. And by the way, I think you got it completely on the, on the money bullseye from what we read. Um, also, you know, what I think you basically said is that magnetic personality is not something that is really outward. It actually, it shines outward, but it really comes from inside. Um, so as a as an adjunct professor, I would have given you a uh, hundred for that response. But um, Neda yeah. <laughs> Praxim, over to you. Thoughts on today's session? Uh, anything that you picked up? Questions, comments? The floor is yours. I'm fine to go a few minutes late today. No, no. I. What's interesting is I chose that term "je ne sais quoi" because in the English language, the that that cannot be named is sometimes hard to have a word for. But other languages often embrace that. And magnetic personalities often have that. Well, we have a word for it now. It's called Jonas. <laughs> Jonas. We call it finesse. Finesse. They have a finesse to them. I call it nedus, nedanus, or praximness. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's flattered. Thank you. No, it's true. And it, you know, it reminds me of <clears throat> even the movie city slickers, right. With, with Curly, um, when they go the one thing and they go, what's the one thing? And he goes, that's what you have to find out. So we all have it. We all, you know, it's funny because he starts off like almost like saying, you know, these youngsters these days, they're all talking about the it factor. Um, but it is, it's, it's, it is an it factor. But, but, you know, wh- what I would say to him today, if he were alive, is that the it factor is not the same it factor. It varies, for, at least from a personality standpoint, from person to person. Everyone brings something slightly different and unique to the table. Uh, yeah, I, yes, even more so. It's not a thing that can't be named. It's your individual thing that can't be named. It's your thing. It's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. Correct. <clears throat> I, I, I mean, I, I, I loved it. Anyone else have any thoughts or comments? Otherwise, we end at nine. I'm all good. I'm all good. I think it was a, it was a very inspiring story. I learned. Mm. I took a few lessons from it. Thank you very much for sharing and i always say it's it's better to make someone smile when you make someone smile it's a it's a cycle right the the beauty of it is that the kindness you're spreading kindness around it's like a seed right you, you every single person reaps the benefits of your kindness and it just keeps growing and growing and growing so it's, it's but that's it i gotta get going mm-hmm. I've, i'm meeting someone for a coffee chat but thank you very much praxim uh, jo- Joseph and everyone else who's here. It was <clears throat> you're, amazing. You're welcome. And think what you'll take to that coffee right now. Um, and, and how oh, you I might will. Be a big ch- smile. A big smile. And what will you take from them and what will you give them? And <clears throat> it's, it's beautiful. You know, it's, it's a choice. This is all a choice. It's a choice which room you come to in Clubhouse. It's a choice if you come to Discord. Um, it's a choice... Happiness, positivity, optimism, it's all a choice. Generosity, empathy, it's all a choice. And no matter what we're feeling inside, um, we still have to, you know, the weakness sometimes that we feel and and the pain that we feel and the negativity that we feel, it's, um, I'm actually going through a program, a coaching program myself and and reading a book and I'm going to come back and, and share all of this with you, but I actually have, it's amazing, I actually have a pod, and we meet once a week, and, but it's called um, Positive Intelligence, Positive, and there is PQ, Positive Intelligence Quotient, and as I'm still, I've only gone through, I'm not even through the first, I'm through the first week, um, but the idea is that there are two uh, sides, two parts of our brain, and very much to, this is all getting into behavioral psychology um, and getting into the whole concept of neural networks and habits, um, etc. But in a nutshell, um, there is a fork in the road when it comes to the way we live our lives, personally and professionally. Um, and there are two, um, they've been branded as the saboteur and the sage. And it's choosing happiness versus not choosing happiness. And it very much is geared around this idea that when you choose happiness, good things will follow, as opposed to uh, if th- if certain things happen, then I will be happy. And so I'm kind of going through this right now. And remember the whole concept I spoke about, this idea of coincidence? It can't be coincidence that at this time of my life, at this moment of my life, that having these conversations right now, that happiness, happiness, happiness just keeps coming back. It just keeps coming back wherever I go, whether it's, you know, where, where even... Um, Henry Cohen, who was on my show, be the sun, not the salt. Um, it just seemed, can money buy happiness? Um, it's all about happiness. And if you can solve that and if you can crack that code, you've cracked everything. You've cracked everything in terms of making that. And it begins, as you saw even today, with a conscious decision to choose life and choose happiness. Walk on the sunny side of the road. Wash your face from the, from, from the, the lower half up so that it forces you or it encourages you or inspires you to always be smiling. Practice smiling. Practice optimism. Practice uh, all of this. You know, part of this PQ and this positive intelligence is every day to put the reps in. Breathing reps. Um, you know, um, uh, focus reps. Um, touch reps. Um, uh, auditory reps. Um, you know, where you're actually now very much focused on actually training your mind and training your brain and training yourself to actually 
feed and fuel and strengthen the sage and defeat the saboteur. And what's so interesting is the way that he describes it in the book and in this program is that when you, you know, every, when you begin, I suppose when you're born, you know, you have every, every stimulus or every life event um, gets presented, gets to that fork in the road, and there are two kind of paths. Um, and let's just say there are two, you know, average paths, but every time you go down the one path, you strengthen that path and it becomes more rote and more automatic and more conditioned. And so what happens is the dust road becomes the paved road, the asphalt, the concrete road, the superhighway road, the superhighway with with a toll, um, whereas the other one through neglect and through um, underuse or misuse becomes dusty and and full of potholes um, and becomes almost dangerous to go down or certainly the your your ability or your propensity to go down that path is decreased and so what happens is when things come in where ordinarily you might have chosen to follow the sage you might have chosen happiness positivity optimism care empathy um, what happens now is is there is uh, it's almost like the bridge is is down it becomes almost impossible to cross it and so you have to train your brain you have to train yourself to be able to start to take that path least traveled. And over time, you know, the dusty path becomes the highway and the highway of the saboteur becomes the deterrent or the deterred path. That's what I'm reading at the moment and I'll be sharing that with you over the course of the next weeks, months and quarters ahead. So with that, thank you for joining me today on August 3rd. It is 9.05 a.m. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.